So we're so excited to have our husbands on this very special episode. It's going to be so much fun, you know, so we've invited the men along and we're just going to enjoy and have a great conversation about life, marriage, parenting, kids, you name it. Everything, everything. I, I hope they talk. I hope they get chatty. I hope... I hope they have a good time. I'm ex- we're excited either way. I think it's going to be a great hour. It's going to be a great hour just listening to what they think and we asking them all the questions, you know, what are you curious to find out? I'm curious to find out his perspectives on everything, even uh parenting, how life is, how if you consider um 2020, how he sees 2020. We talk about it a lot, but how he sees life now, what his legacies will be. These are all the questions that, because we're deep like that, we talk about often, but I think, um, but Michael is so private that I don't know if he wants to uh, go on his very first podcast and spill his heart. Yeah, you know, one thing I've learned about marriage, I mean, Jacob and I, we've been married for uh, 14 years this year. And, um, you know, so, but we've been together for like, for, for a long time. But one thing I've learned about marriage, though, it's, it just changed every, you know, like your thoughts on things, for instance, what keeps you motivated will change each time. So what keeps, what kept me motivated five years ago is different, you know, because growth happens and growth happens in marriage. And it's so good that, you know, as married people that you, um, should often just check up on yourselves, you know, and just ask all these questions like, Hey, what keeps you motivated? Um, what do you think about being married to me? You know, those hard questions, we feel they're hard. Sometimes they're like good and needed to just grow in marriage. So, um, I'm curious to find out about what keeps him motivated. Yes, I am too. When I met Michael, I was, we celebrated my 18th birthday together and that was 26 years ago and I'm still 18. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) But, but then I really, the beauty of life is, I hope we're not the same. Even yes. from last year, I hope we're not the same. Even not. from last week, I feel like evolution is what keeps life exciting. So just talking about um, how he feels life, how he sees life in this moment in time, it's always exciting. I think it's good to stay interested in the mind of your lover. That is so true. That is so true. It's, it's crazy though. Yeah. And you said you've been together for 26 years, right? So Jacob and I, we've been together for 24 years. So it's just the same. And, you know, we have three kids. So now it's just like, we're so busy. We're in the season of, you know, parenting. And it's so good that I just want to pick his brain a little bit and find out all these, you know, answers to the questions that we have. So um, real quick, though, 30 seconds, um, introduce your husband to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing to you Michael Olatuji. He is my very best friend. He is the lover of my life. 
He um, accepts me just as I am. He requires no change. And as I continue to change and evolve, he, accept, he accepts me however I show up. He's the father of all my babies, baby daddy, club 101. He practices medicine. Um, this is his 15th year of practice. He is a lover of sports. He's a lover of his children. He's a lover of his parents. It's a lover of family. Family is his core value. So if you even as we listen, I'm I'm confident that you will hear that family is his core value. I love So so good. And ladies and gentlemen, the whole wide world, drum roll, please. Introducing the one and only special best friend, Jacob McAvoyer, my husband. Father of three and a um, father of our dog Lola. He is my very best friend. He is, I mean, it's so fun that it's just like we do enjoy each other. So that's the key thing. And he's um, just someone that I love to pick his brain on so often. He's my motivator and he just keeps me going and he's passionate about education. He's an entrepreneur, all things great. So we're so excited to have both your husband and my husband on. So exciting. Enjoy guys. Enjoy. All right, how are you guys doing in what month is it? September 2020, what is your perspective to life? How's, how would you define or describe your view of life? Paraphrasing, how are you really? I'm busy, actually. Um, I'm very busy. I just got back in school. So that's taking a lot of my time and trying to ramp up my business. So... That has kept me super busy, you know. Um, there's so much going on in the world, right, to where at some point you, you, you have to find ways to isolate yourself and, and zone in on what you think is most important for you and your family at that time. Yeah. So for me, I would say, I mean, that question is kind of loaded, however, but let me break it down a little bit. You said, how are we doing? Well, I'm, I would say right now at this juncture, I'm doing great. Now, I wouldn't say I'm doing fantastic where I want to be, but I would say I'm doing great. Now, as far as 2020 September is concerned, um, I'm busy as well. Um, I'm grateful I'm in the, I guess, one of those quote-unquote essential, uh, and it will make more sense later, but what they call essential jobs that <clears throat> I'm still able to have one and go to. So in that case, I will say I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that and my family, of course. So. And just to, to piggyback on that, how do you define success for yourself? For myself or just in general? In general, what do you see and you call successful? 
That, that's a, again, that's another loaded question because success can be relative, mm-hmm. right? What, what I may call success may not be Michael's success. What Michael's success may be may not be my success. I, I, I think uh, as a general statement, it, it would be a place where I think you are, I don't want to say content, because you, you, you never should be content, right? You should always be pushing to do better. But you are in a place where you, you are happy with where you are and you are happy with the things you're pushing for um, and you're satisfied with that. I think that's what success is. Um, that's, why, that's how I would define it. I don't know about Michael. So, well, that's a good one as well. Um, I would say success for me has been <clears throat> one of those questions that um, I've heard other people talk about it, but I usually like to step back and first of all, say, what do I, before you can actually deem something a success, you personally have to define what your values are. So that's what I've gone with. For example, monetary success or financial success means different things to different people, just like Jacob mentioned. But I will say if, I, if you have a great family life where your family is the most important thing to you in terms of them um, achieving their goals, you have peace in the house, and individually your family members are pursuing what they believe is their God-given, I guess, uh, pursuits in life, even though it's a moving target, I will consider that success because you're moving in the right direction. It's, it's almost like you want to break down success into different categories, right? Yep. yep. Because there's, there's a financial component to it. There's a family component to it. Because I remember one of my mentors said to me years ago, I don't care how successful you are in in what you do, whether it's corporate, business, whatever it may be, if you're not successful at home. At home, correct. Yep. So if your home is falling apart, then what is success, right? So it's almost like you want to break success into different categories and say, well, how do you feel? Are you successful in this specific category? How do you feel about success in this other specific category? And really break it down in that way. And again, it becomes super relative and subjective based on who you're talking to and, and where they are in their life. I mean, I could almost guarantee and tell you, if you talk to maybe your neighbors, they would say, well, I'm not doing well right now. But then somebody that comes into your neighborhood would say, hold on one second. You're not doing well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's relative. But I also think you need to put it in different categories and try to not measure it, but um, it's I, I don't think it's quantitative. It has to be qualitative, uh, anecdotal type um, responses because it's so subjective. That's good. So um, if resources was not a factor, um, what would you spend your time doing? For me, uh, well, that's a, uh, I'll take that real quick. Um, for me, if resources are not, you know, anything I need to worry about, I can tell you categorically speaking right now that I will be coaching kids in soccer or something sports related. 
You're not even that good at soccer, so I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, the best coaches are usually not the best players. Oh, is that, okay. Is Michael Jordan was a horrible coach. <laughs> so, hey, I, I agree with you, but in order for you to study the nuances of the game, if you are talented, I mean, you really, we know what the, you know, uh, the sayings are. If you're naturally gifted in sports, you don't pay attention to the little details. So most of the time, those people do not turn out to be the best coaches anyways. But if you're one of those that hard worker, it doesn't come to you naturally, you actually kind of just buckle down and you study the game more. So that's why I think they make, they make uh, the best coaches. So. so that's what you will be doing. There you go. That's what I'll be doing. You know, and they say it's, it's dangerous when you start to believe your own lies. <laughs> That's a good place to be, Michael. Hey. You start to convince yourself of those lies. Oh, you mean uh, uh, different uh, opinions? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to justify your reason. My alternative truth. You have to fit into your own lies, my friend. Alternative. But no, that's, All right, what about you? That, that's, that's good. Um, this is a question that has come up over the years, even with you guys over dinners. I mean, some some of our couple friends, this comes up all the time, right? Like, and it, it's always presented in a different packaging, right? Sometimes like, oh, if you won the lottery, won whatever X amount of dollars, you know, what would you do with your life? Or if money or resource was not an issue, you'd access, you know, what would you do with your life? And... Um, it's an interesting because really I think the question is around trying to tap into uh, what, why you're here, right? That's what we're trying to tap into, right? Like, okay, why are you on this earth? I mean, because if you're not doing that calling, whatever that calling may be, so are you doing what you're supposed to do on this earth? I mean, because everything right now is financially driven. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to find ways to make the bills, put the kids through college, all these different, so it's money, money, money driven, right? But if money was not an issue and resource was an issue and you had access. So for me, that, that's a tough one. A toughie, huh? It, it is, for me, it's very, it's very difficult because I, I try to think of the things that I'm passionate about. The, the things I'm passionate about are what, what I would call providing equitable access to education for all students. Um, because of what I've seen, my exposure, right? Because what what you what I've learned in my in my short life is, uh, for most kids anywhere around the world, uh, for them to have an opportunity at life, the very basic thing they need is an education. The very basic thing, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in America, without an education, you have no access to or I'll call it a middle-class lifestyle. You really do not have a shot at it. But then when you then look at it and start to unpeel that onion to really try to understand and and learn more about why it's so fragmented, why there's issues around education, then you realize that even in Africa, uh, you only go to the best schools if your parents can afford to push in the best schools. So it comes back to, can you afford to do it? That means there's other kids that do not have money and access to capital that will never have access to the best schools. Well, the best schools have the best teachers. The best teachers have access to the best curriculum. Guess what? You're buying into the network. You're buying into the alumni. So for me, 
if if money wasn't an issue and access to resources and access is really trying to find ways to provide equitable access to great education for all students, regardless of their background or geographic location. That's where I would spend my time. What what could we do different to make an impact? That's good. That's I like that. Why is that good? <clears throat> All right. So to break it down, I guess a little bit more further. So you would say you want a almost like a level playing field across the board, for in, especially for individuals that don't have the natural or the quote unquote, created environment to provide themselves with that opportunity to get a good education. Because yeah, feel like that education is a stepping stone. It has to be. In this because world that we created for ourselves. For example, a different world could have been created, really, that do not necessarily uh, rely on somebody getting a bachelor's or a master's. Or yeah, I'm, I'm not even talking correct. at that level, right? Um, because one, once you get through like secondary education, you're talking about maybe high school before you even think of higher education. I mean, that whole journey from pre-K all the way to 12th grade, right? It is a journey where it's filled with a lot of, uh, uh, mind, uh, what's it called, detours and, and, and potholes and, and right. minefields. Yeah. These, some of these kids do not have access to get to, I'll just break it down for just really in a, in a very layman way, it is um, if I live in Dallas County, as a child, as a student, I only have access to teachers that are teaching in Dallas County. I cannot go to a school in Highland Park or in, in Frisco for that matter, right? Because this is where I live. So geographic location and that boundary limits me to what access I have. Well, not all great teachers want to teach in Dallas County for obvious reasons. It's an urban district. There's all kinds of issues they have to deal with. Security for one. So the great teachers do not go to teach in Dallas County. They end up coming up north where they know they won't have to deal with some of those issues they could potentially deal with. So then those students and children are stuck with what they have, right? So it becomes very difficult for them to go through K-12 education and be great. Now, granted, some will make it out. Some of the students will make it out, but those are just the outliers. You're not talking of a mass general population pulling through in the system. It's the same thing in, in third world countries, in Africa and such, right? Where if, if you don't have money to put kid, your kids through private school, boarding school, then you're stuck with what you have, which is government education. And in most cases, it's not always the best education. Correct. So for me, my, my thing that, that I think I'll, I would do and that I'm super passionate about is what could we do to create opportunities to break these barriers? I, I think Jeff Bezos right now is, and Mark Zuckerberg is, and, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation right now are working on a big initiative to try and transform that and change that because without an education, it is, it is almost impossible, almost impossible for, for you as a human being to live the middle class life. Switching gears a little bit now. What are your greatest accomplishments to date, knowing that you guys are getting old, der? Wow. Old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, oh what are some of the greatest accomplishments that um, you're proud of up to date? 
Do you want to do you want a list or do you want to talk through? It, it doesn't matter. It can be one thing. It can be your work life, your your family life. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Well, I will. First of all, greatest accomplishments. That's and again, that's a little bit. Or maybe uh, the greatest obstacle you <clears throat> overcome. Maybe that's a different way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say, and it will probably weave itself into greatest accomplishment. But um, I will say. Probably getting an education will be a big one up there. Pursuing higher education beyond, um, you know, college will be uh, one of my uh, great accomplishments that I will uh, point to. Uh, I will say another one will be definitely starting and raising a family. Because not everyone has an opportunity uh, to raise or to start or raise a family, especially in this kind of climate. Uh, you know, attempting to rear kids in this day and age is one of those things where you just can't take it lightly. I guess back in the day, it used to be, hey, you meet somebody, you quote unquote fall in love, and the next thing is uh, get a job and start having kids. And then everything will work itself out. Well, the <laughs> world has become much more complex than that. You know, so everything has to go into planning. A lot of things have to be sorted out. Um, so if somebody can navigate this world in terms of you know, raising and bringing a family up successfully, I will say definitely that's a big accomplishment. So I have many more, but I'll stop at those well, for now. Well, I was expecting. And then hold on, hold on. I'm not done. Oh, hold on. Finding a good wife would have been on top of that. Well, making a family is. Obviously, it encompasses getting a wife first. So delete, I would say delete, delete, that's delete. definitely. <laughs> well, no, not really. Not, not really. A great woman. Now, I don't want to bring the Bible in, but obviously, whoever finds a good wife finds a good thing. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So that's basically one of the first foundations of everything. So. Saved. Anyway. Saved. So, I want to hear from you, Mr. McAvoy. Okay. I'll keep it short like that, too. All right. I think, I think for me, um, if, if the greatest accomplishment that I've, that I've accomplished at this point would be, I think, my family. You know, my, my, my wife, of course, and my, and my three kids, without a doubt. Uh, that is the number one uh, greatest accomplishment that I've achieved and that I am proud of, that I would hang my head on um, beyond anything else. Everything else is, is icing on the cake. Great answer. <laughs> right, bro. <laughs> See, that the wife was mentioned first. The wife was mentioned first, wow. All right. Okay, so that's fun. That's so much fun. So uh, what keeps you both um, inspired and motivated? You know, um, could be different ways, anything that just keeps you, you guys you guys see going? what I, I, I bought this new thing. This is for social media. Man. 
Yeah. One of my goals is you know, Michael. Like so, that, so, so, that's how, so that's how the, the lights of IG is so clear, huh? The skin is popping. the ring from Amazon, that ring light. So okay. that's the greatest accomplishment. Okay, we gotta get that. We gotta get that light. Yeah, man, because I wanna be I wanna be an influencer on Instagram. <laughs> this is the first step. They say you need to buy that ring light. There you go. Influencer, this is it, Michael. <laughs> okay. you You've got to, oh, so, so that's how you see the ring in the eyes. Those little circle. That's, that's, that's amateur, circle light. That's amateur. So if your ring is showing in your eyes, you ain't doing it, right? Carry on. Carry on. Oh. Carry on. You got to place it so we don't see it. Oh. <laughs> so fun. Obviously. All right. So, okay. Back to that question. So what keeps you guys both inspired and motivated? Go. Inspired and motivated. Hmm. Inspiration and motivation. I will say... Right off the bat, my family keeps me inspired and motivated, really, to be honest. Um, not to keep saying family, 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 but I think it's, it's important because I, I think that's my anchor. That's who grounds me. That's the people that I do all of this for. Um, and I've thought about it many times where, you know, if I'm not, if I gain everything I have and I don't have anybody to share it with, spend time with, love, people to love me back, you know, be waiting for me when I come home, people to say goodbye to when I leave. I mean, really, nothing makes sense without my family. So I would say definitely my family for me. Mike sounds like he's, he's playing from negative zeros, trying to catch up. <laughs> family every, Mike, you didn't have to say family in this question, just so you know. But. Okay, I can, I can, what was the question again? Let me tell you the one. You say Jake. What inspires your motivation? He's trying, man. He's trying to come back. It's like, man, okay. I, I want to be just like J-Mac. Jake, bro. I want to run all these businesses. Come on, that's it. That's the reason why I get out the house every day. That's right. And I say my, my, my affirmations. <laughs> So what keeps me motivated, huh? huh. I, I feel like um, there's so much more to do, right? I think you and Mike, you and I have talked about this so many times. It, it, it goes back to the purpose question, I think. It has to be, for me, it has to be tied to that. There's, there's so much more to do. And when it's all said and done, and I look back, I want to be able to say in the dash, I really did something that made an impact on this world, right? So obviously I have those things in my mind and I, I know what I'm trying to go after, right? To where I truly make an impact on this world at a global level, like to say, well, man, he did that. That's what motivates me. That's what drives me. For me, it's about creating these opportunities and tools and resources that will change the world. That's what motivates me. That's what drives me. Every single day, that's what I'm thinking about. And obviously, want to, wanting to create a legacy for my family, you know, with, with my three kids. Mm. You know, I want them to start at a position that I, I did not start from. So whether it's a step higher, two steps higher from where I, I started from, I want to provide, provide that opportunity, but then also leave what I call a generational legacy for our, our family and beyond. 
You know, that's what motivates me. That's what drives me. That's what keeps me inspired. And obviously all the things that are happening, you know, people that are changing the world, they, they inspire me every single day. Yeah. Right, that's... What, what lessons have you learned in 2020? 2020 is like no other. Like, I think Mike wanted to you say don't something. change in 2020, you ain't did changing. You, did, you, did you cut Michael? I think you cut Michael. He's tough playing. He's tough playing. Yeah, I got, I got cut off. Bro. You got cut off. No, no. <laughs> oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, no. <laughs> if you start, I agree. What lessons have, have you learned in 2020 so far? So far, what lessons have I learned in 2020? I would say 2020 definitely has been one of those years like no other. The lessons that I've learned in reality is, I mean, and we're, we're being open here, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are so dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> you say what he said. Mike, does that make you smart or what? I don't understand. No, I mean... And I hate to, and, I, and obviously I don't want it to come off as if, um, you know, being rude or anything, but the deductive reasoning and critical thinking that I thought the world had, or majority of people in terms of common sense, look at an issue, <clears throat> critically think about it, and analyze it on your own and get the answer. It's not there. A lot of opinions and people that I've noticed they want to be led. And I don't quite understand it, especially in this day and age where you have access to all this information. You know, so that's one of the, I guess, surprising things of 2020 for me and I'm opening um, realizations that I realized about 2020. And the other part too is I noticed if it's going to be done, it's going to be up to us. No one is coming to save anyone in the in any predicament that you're in your destiny your legacy as you had mentioned before and your uh, you know i guess personal goals and feelings and things is up to you to go out there and actually chart your own destiny so that's one thing i realized really about 2020 specifically so that's good mike i think uh just to kind of piggyback and echo some of your statements and sentiments um, I remember when I was in college, in one of my uh, my computer classes, computer science classes, I think like almost computer science 101, the very first class you take your freshman year. And uh, one of the lines we learned was, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And when you think about that, you go, well, what does that really mean? Well, you have to think about it, right? It's what you input is what you output. There's no, there's no magic to it. There's no, there's no like unicorns and butterfly and you know pink rainbows gonna make it that. It what you input is what you output. To your point, a lot of people don't read, and that's just a fact. A lot of people do, actually do not read. If you were to ask people like, what is the last book you read? Most people do not even read a book. Okay, so, the, so they don't have real hard facts, but what they lean on is what they hear. Now, whether it's garbage in, whatever it is, whatever you hear is then what you output. And to your point of deductive reasoning and critical thinking, high order thinking skills, a lot of people lack that. 
because of their lack of understanding content and material and resources and being able to decipher and deduct from, from a, 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 a reading prompt, right, to know what it meant. They can't do that. So whatever they hear is what they push out, whether it's fact or no fact, it doesn't matter. I heard it, somebody said it, and I believe it, by God, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. So obviously the same thing, I, I mean, you, you're seeing it. I mean, this year has been that kind of year where you just sit back and you just kind of watch and you just it just blows your mind. Like, oh my gosh, do you really believe what you believe in? But for me, for 2020, the, the, the one thing that I've, I've learned more than anything else, um, two things, not one thing, two things. One is um, life is pretty short. You know, there's, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. You have no promise of the next second. Uh, so really to, to love as hard as you can those that you care the most about. And then the second thing that I've learned is I don't have to be friends with everybody. I really don't, and I really don't care, actually. Yeah. You know? um, that's just something that I've learned. Like, you know what? I don't need to be friends with freaking the whole world. I can be friends with the people that I want to be friends with, and that's fine. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. And life will just move on. Um, those two things for me, relationships and acknowledging that, listen, I'm going to love as hard as I can when I can, anytime I have an opportunity, because there's no promise of tomorrow. For 2020, that's been an epiphany for me. Good, 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 good. Good, that's good. I wanted to piggyback, especially on the knowing how to separate the rice from the chaff or the wheat from the chaff. I completely agree with you. I think prioritizing who you uh, have relationships with and who your actual true friends are, uh, 2020 have really opened my eyes in terms of uh, forming relationships with them. Now, I'm not saying I'm cutting people off or anything like that, but it's just the fact that in order to develop deeper relationships, I'm able to, you know, know that, okay, definitely I can tell the difference. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. 2020. So um, how, how does it feel like uh, raising kids in America in 2020? Well, for us, it's a little difficult, right? Because the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. So there, there are things that we need to think about and consider um, as we raise our kids and just be mindful of, I think, uh, for us, we have to be very mindful, uh, very, it's, it's sad. We have to be mindful and very methodical uh, on, on, on how we raise our kids because we need to try our best to prepare them for this world that they're getting into yep. and how they navigate that part of the world. So it's, it's difficult, but I mean, we, we just you do the best you can with what you have. Uh, and try to put them in the best position possible to be successful, whatever that success is. And um, just with, especially with this year, like, our, you know, kids are now on, you know, social media, TikTok and all that stuff. So they get to, they get to that um, information before, you know, we have the opportunity sometimes to just speak to them. They get access to all that because of how social media is wired. Right. <clears throat> Yeah. What about you, yeah, absolutely, Linda. I agree with you. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the social media because that was one of the first things I want to bring up too. 
Um, back in, you know, I guess back in the day before social media really became this big, huge thing, parents, as parents, you're able to at least um, see or kind of filter the things that your kids see, for example, on TV. I remember back in the day, there used to be all these little controls. Now, let me control it for kids on TV so that all the channels that they can reach are ones, the ones that are kid-friendly. Well, sorry, that doesn't happen anymore. Even the computers, uh, all the computer makers and the engineers and scientists and marketers have found a way to go around that technology to an extent. So they do see these things before you do. So I think what has really opened our eyes in terms of raising kids nowadays is just, just know that those things will be there and they will see those things, images, languages, thoughts, behaviors, but just talk to them upfront about it before they get to it. I think that's one of the things that we're trying, uh, that we've you know, uh, expressed to our kids that, hey, this is there, you can have access to this, this, and this. In case this comes up, first of all, you call daddy or mommy, you know, if somebody's trying to talk to you on the internet and you did not approve, talk to daddy, talk to mommy, let us know right away because we're here to protect you. You're not going to get in trouble if you tell us uh, we're here to protect you and help you navigate these things. So that's a big one for us. And I think, too, I think the world is so serious that when we talk to them, um, something as simple as um, my girls have a shirt that says Black Lives Matter. Um, but for them, it's it's not as serious because in 2020, having that, sometimes I'm like, well, why are you wearing this shirt to this place? Um, but for them, it's more like, that is just a, that will have, why is that a serious thing? That is basic fact. Just like everybody else's life, it matters. But then some people don't know, so I really have to wear my shirt to educate people. So by them having that mindset and keeping it light, because the world can be a tough place, I think um, that's helped us. Nobody asked me, but I answered. Okay, carry on. What one thing will make your life better? More sleep. <laughs> I swear we have four kids uh, age range from 7 to 16 so yeah more sleep will make my life a whole lot better <laughs> thank you <laughs> got it go to bed <laughs> man that's a tough question what would man oh what would make my life better I'm trying to think like what, if there's one thing that would make my life better, what, what could that one thing be? Obviously there are many, of course, but. Yeah. But if there was one thing, I mean, do, so do you really believe if you had more sleep, your life would be better? I mean, at the moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the sleep is pride. <laughs> yes, sir. See? <laughs> Just to keep you updated right on the point. <laughs> So do you have an answer for that, or are you moving on? Uh, I don't know. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I, I don't know if I have an answer for that. I mean, uh, Linda, you're doing a good job. His life cannot be better. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's it, bro. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, thank you, Everything's thank you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that makes my life better. I don't know. I really don't. What is the best thing about being married? I'll tell you what it is. I mean. I'll go back to actually 2020. 
is, is a prime example of the best thing about being married is companionship. I mean, I can only imagine millions of people that were in lockdown and had nobody else to go through this journey with, you know, somebody to talk to, somebody to confide in, you know, and, and have a conversation about life and what's going on. Uh, that has to be difficult. That has to be absolutely difficult to, to manage that and navigate that. So I think the best thing to, to, to marriage, I think, uh, for me, is, is companionship. Having somebody that you can, you can sit down with and confide in and talk with and know that you're really not going to get any judgment. I mean, you may be judged a little bit, but you're not going to get judgment and it's not going to be spiteful, right? It's going to be honest feedback and being able to have that person to, to go through the journey of life with. I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, what good is a diamond you can't share with your friends, right? You know, women, every time they get engaged, right, what is the very first thing they do? They want to show all their girlfriends the diamond. Why? Why is that important? Because that's what makes it special. Because I don't care how big of a rock your, your boyfriend, fiance buys you. If you can't share that with your friends, it's worth nothing. So what, what great is life? What good is life if you can have somebody to share it with? You know, you could have all the money in the world, all the success in the world, but if you have nobody to share with and a companion to enjoy with, to go through the valleys and the peaks of life, it's not worth it. So I think that is, for me, is the beauty of marriage, being able to have a, a partner, a, a ride or die, a Bonnie and Clyde, a Jay and Beyonce, a Kai, a Kai, Kai, you know, I gotta throw that in. A Jay and Beyonce, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you get my point. You get my point. You know, a Barack and Michelle. You know? Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> well, for for me, I I to be honest, I I, I think you you said it all. I mean, um, how about you start this one? What is the worst thing if you agree with everything he says? What yeah, is the worst I, I thing about with, being married? Since you agree with, what's the worst thing? I would say because it it would reveal as a man or as a partner who you are. Sometimes you really don't want to face reality. You don't want to see your blind spots and you don't want to see your mistakes. But as a partner, the way you are to that person will reveal who you are. So, but to be honest, for you personally, you want that. You want that exposure in order for those wrinkles to be smoothed out. But when you're going through it, it feels horrible. It feels bad. It feels like, oh my goodness, I don't know if, you, if I can go through this. Oh my goodness, why is she pointing this out? But in reality, that person is making you better. So I would say not necessarily the worst thing, but it sort of reveals who you are as a, as a man or as a person. That's how I look at it. Um. I think I'll, I'll echo Mike. I mean, because your, your partner is sometimes going to tell you some hard facts that you may not want to hear, you know. Um, but I think they're good for you. They're healthy for you. 
but sometimes you know it's just hard to hear that you know uh those are just really simple examples right it could be things that are even more complex and a little complicated but and you don't want to hear it michael you could have an idea that you think is a brilliant idea but really it's a dud and your 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 spouse going to tell you honey we're done spending money on this okay not happening and you go ah but it's my dream and eh, it's a stupid dream okay let's shut <laughs> it <laughs> you know <laughs> wake you know? up from this dream <laughs> oops what wrong with you step you upside your head come on yeah. get up wake up wake you know it's tough you know but um uh and the cowboys just scored a touchdown but it happens it's it's part of the uh don't say the score please you know the worst part about marriage is what we're doing right now i could be watching the cowboys game but i'm like you know what for for our spouses we're going to do this and enjoy this moment and thank you we appreciate See? you guys <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily what I wanted to do, but I'll do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So, this is a two-part question. Um, you know, we have three kids and the other two kids, you have four kids. So, what's the best and worst thing about being a parent? Oh, by the way, we have a dog and you guys have a dog as well. So, what's the best and worst thing about being a parent? I'll, I'll go. I, I think the, the best for me about being a parent is just seeing my kids uh, be happy and succeed at whatever they're doing, you know, um, and and just being being happy for them, you know, just seeing them do that. Um, and I think um, the, also the best thing that has happened for me as a parent is I think my kids have taught me patience. I I've I've. I've I've not always been a very patient person even with people uh but watching my kids grow up oh my gosh <laughs> oh my goodness i mean they just extend that patience i'll I'll tell you guys a story our, our last ski trip that you guys didn't come on usually you guys come with us but on this last one we um we end up getting on the wrong lift and he took he took us to the the peak of the mountain I'm- Diamond. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. And you know up there it is cold. So my my daughter is crying that uh, she can't feel her fingers, she can't feel her toes. I'm like, "Go, you need to snap out of that cuz we need to ski down." <laughs> we need to find a way to go down, okay? Quit quit complaining. And she won't stop. So at this point she's causing a scene to where everybody is is watching this play out. So now as a parent you could either do one or two things. You could totally snap and try to put in a place or you could go okay baby what can we do to make this to make you feel better? What can we do to help you? And then we need to get down this mountain. What can we do? And I remember that moment dude because it really stretched me in my patience. When go listen We know it's cold. We are all freezing right now. You've got your gloves on. You've got everything you need. You've drank your hot cocoa. Let's go down this mountain right now, okay? Quit complaining, keep going. But it just taught me to say, you know what? Take a step back and think about it. 
why is she acting the way she's acting? You know what I mean? And then now the other thing is I, I, I constantly find myself putting myself in their position when I was their age. What are the things that I did when I was their age? What are the things that I was thinking about? Am I giving them enough grace? Am I giving them enough leash to make their own mistakes and, and you know, find their way around? So patience has is, is been the beauty of, of raising kids. Uh, the worst part is, I think, to see them fail. And uh, that, that hurts me because I want them to do well, you know? Mm-hmm. And for, for me to see them fail or not do so well, it hurts my heart. But I think, you know what? It's a learning process for them to they build their grit to become who they become as adults, as little human beings. Right. I just love the unfolding of seeing them all grow into who they are as individuals. You know, right from the oldest one now, who's 16, the development of all of them individually and how each phase and stage of their lives are so different from each other. And I've, as a parent, had to step back and watch that growth has been one of the best things for me to see because I know regardless of what's happening right now with them individually, that they're going to be all right. So it's funny when they fail or do things in the middle of their growth where they think it's at the end of the world. Oh my God, I, ba- I got this bad grade. I'm not going to be able to do this. It's very interesting because they can't see beyond that yet. So for me as a parent, where I say, hey, I've been in your shoes before. It's going to be okay. That part of it for me is one of the best experiences because it's very unique, you know, to see each individual do it differently. Right. Um, and I would say the worst part um, would be not necessarily worse as well, just like I was explaining just now, because I know they'll get through it. But the little battles that they have to deal with on a daily basis, personally and with your siblings, for example. I mean, we, I have three girls and one boy. I would say if I was to pick out a worst part of it, being that he's the only boy amongst three girls, sometimes I feel like he can be lonely and not necessarily want to share his heart with them because he would think they don't understand what being a boy is. So I, as a parent, I'm like, okay, I'm your dad. I want to be there. But yet again, that relationship is a little different. So it's a little tough where, yeah, there are certain things that as a teenage boy, I remember being his age. There's no way I would tell my dad certain things. And I know he's going through that sometimes. So I've had to bring some of that thing, things out uh, occasionally. So I'll say that's probably one of the little worst things. And then for the girls, sometimes the fights among themselves, (laughs) that part I'm not so comfortable with. So anyway, I'll say that's the worst. Right. All right. Okay, we're going to shove the last few moments into the next few minutes. Oops, okay. Yes, okay. So what advice would you give your younger self or just your son? You just almost spilled into that question uh, on being the best they can be, knowing that you've been where they are and you know the thought process. What advice would you give yourself or now (coughs) to your sons? Mm. I would say, piggyback on what I just said, I will tell my son, hey, relax. It's going to be all right. Enjoy the journey of being young. Enjoy the journey of being a kid. Do what you need to do. Do the little things. The big things will take care of themselves. Mm. I like that. 
do the little things and the big things will take care of themselves. That's good. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo that um, and enjoy life. Um, and uh, take, take a few risks in business. Don't be afraid to take risks in business. Take it. You're going to fail. It's part of the process. But don't be afraid to do it. Don't always go with the crowd, you know, because the crowd is going in this direction, in this wave. It doesn't mean that's the right way for you. You know, be, be okay. Be comfortable sticking out and being your unique self. I think that's what I'll tell my younger self and that's what I'll tell my kids today. You know, like, it's okay to be unique. It's okay to be different. That's what makes you special. Be comfortable with that. Be comfortable with silence. Because nobody's saying anything, nobody's talking. Do not feel like you, you're, you're compelled to fill the void. You don't have to. Be comfortable in that zone. Very good advice, both. Um, so how do you wish to spend the next half of your life? Living my best life ever. Living my best life. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, I think for me, it goes back to what, what drives me and what motivates me and my passion is I think my, my, my second half of my life, which I'm on now, is um, going on this journey and starting to live in a way that leaves a generational impact. For me, that's, that's it. That's what I'm driving towards. That's it. I want to be able to make that impact, you know, and, and make a change, change people's lives. You know, maybe one, I'll be happy with one or two. Mm-hmm. If I can change one or two kids' lives, that'll make me happy. Um, I think that's my second half of my life, really zoned in and focused on that and driving towards that. Yeah. Um, I will say, yeah, I'm in my second half of my life as well. Um, at this point, I don't know. That's, that's very, that's a tricky one. Because I do want to continue what I'm doing, obviously, but I want to be open to new experiences, to be honest. I don't know what they are yet, really. I know what I want to kind of gravitate towards, but I don't know how it's going to unfold. So for me personally, I just want to have that open open mind because... I will probably say I've been, I won't say I've been closed-minded, but I've been sort of a little bit conservative and careful the first part of my life because, because of, you know, of our background, the way we grew up, you know, taking chances and, you know, throwing caution to the wind, certain things are looked at as very risky. So I will say right now, in terms of the second half of my life, I want to be open more to other experiences, you know. This one is in. This one is super important. I think uh, as we round up, how do you want to be remembered? I just lost my dad, so I just feel like that's so important to really live 
with that intention of your kids thinking about you a certain way. So for me, this is not just a question. It's just like real, real. How do you want to be remembered? What legacy do you want to leave behind? So I want to be remembered as an individual that when you meet that person, he brings positivity, he, he brought life, and he brought um, possibilities of things that can be done. Wow, this has been amazing. So good. Thank you guys so, so much. We had an awesome time, a wonderful time with you, Jacob. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. And you, Michael, thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Good job. And they took a whole time slot. Who knew they love to speak this much? Yay. Thank you. 